By speaking with local creators, artists, and business professionals, PaperCut aims to cut deep and demystify the Winnipeg creative industry with hometown heroes and hidden gems. Brought to you by the West End Cultural Center, the best place for over 30 years to see live music in Winnipeg. Welcome to a special 1v1 episode of Paper Cup Podcast. My name is Jared Goche, and we're here with our guest, Jacob Brodowski. Did yeah. I say that right? You did. Yes. Okay. Olivia always does that, so <laughs> thanks. thanks. Uh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself, or tell me. Uh, my name is Jacob. I'm a singer-songwriter. Um, I'm putting out a new record pretty soon, and uh, well, today, I don't know, I'm spending my day biking around the city delivering tickets. <laughs> Slinging tickets. So slinging you, were, tickets. you were saying this is kind of a new thing for you, slinging yeah. tickets. Yeah. So. I, I, I mean, I played in a band for a long time. I played in a band called Kakagi for three years. Uh, and then before that, I played in a band in Toronto. And before that, I played in a band in Winnipeg. Uh, and it was sort of always bar bands. So uh, when you're putting on... I've always avoided putting on my own shows because I, I get so nervous about people showing up and... and uh, and just all the work that goes into it. It's sort of so much nicer when someone else asks you to join their show. Because you, yeah. you know, it's kind of all built in. Um, but for this show, I figured, I, you know, because this is still a pretty new thing for me. Uh, so just keep it small and friendly. So I'm, you know, only selling 70 tickets and just sort of getting all my friends to come. And nice. People that message me in advance. Yeah. Nice intimate show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah nice exactly. intimate setting. Yeah. Uh, so you described your other bands as bar bands. What would yeah. you describe your solo stuff? Um, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it, you know, it's, it's, it's a singer songwriter project. Uh, to me, it's like, it's lyrics forward, lyric centric, I would say. Um, sound wise, similar to Kakagi, you know, they're still my songs. And so my songs kind of sound a certain way and are influenced by this, certain things. Um, but I'm trying to, with the arrangements, trying to be a little bit more thoughtful, uh, you know, more space, less like guitar solos and stuff like that. And more just sort of, you know, um, trying to strip away everything that's unnecessary and just really like sort of serve the song and uh yeah yeah nice serve the song yeah that's it's the, all about serving the, the song yeah as so you said uh, you were a songwriter for all of your other bands yeah i've always sort of yeah i've sort of basically i've been a solo artist. you could you could frame it that i've been a solo artist for a long time that has convinced other people to play in their band for free for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm a true solo artist paying people to play in my band. <laughs> nice. How does that process change? Like, do you link up with someone prior, like a couple weeks, a couple months in advance to rehearse what you have? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I'm really figuring it out right now. I'm lucky that, you know, I've got some buddies that are really good players. Uh, and um, so, I, you know, I've got my friend uh, Liam Duncan playing keyboards. He's, Fantastic, you know, yeah. Great guy. Everyone knows him. Great player. Dylan McDonald's playing bass. Also great. And then uh, Cody Wasik's playing drums. So I, I basically just sent them all an email and asked if they were available. Oh, nice. And nice. I think, you know, we'll, we'll do a couple rehearsals before the show and, and then the show. So as yeah. ses session musicians, mm -hmm. is there like a network or is it just, hey, I know of this person. I know they're for hire. For, from what I, I mean, again, as someone that is, you know, really just dipping my toes in it, uh, it's it's very much based just word of mouth. and Really? Yeah. Interesting. You know, I would email, I emailed one drummer and he's like, oh, you know, I'm not available, but try this guy or whatever. It's just who you know, too. You know, Cody and uh, and Dylan and Liam are all, are, are all people that I just, I know from being around town and hang out with regularly anyway. So it just sort of yeah comes up a conversation. So when you're recording, do you do you bring them in as well, or when you're recording, do you try and do everything yourself? Uh, for, for this record, I played uh, that's about to come out. I played uh, guitar and a little bit of keys on it and sang, and then I actually had Max and, and Jonathan from Kikagi play uh, play bass and drums on it. Okay. Yeah. 
Nice, nice. Yeah. So you still have familiar sound with the yeah, exactly, yeah, the exactly. Players. It's not it's not uh, totally out of left field. It's pretty, yeah, pretty consistent with with the other stuff. But it is you know um, a recording that was written and made about a year and a half after the previous one. So I, I think you hear. I'd like to think that you you hear some some progress on that. Nice, nice. <laughs> yeah. What was the decision to go from Kakagi to to the solo to thing? Yeah. Um, it's you know it's a commitment thing totally. Like uh, the band was full steam ahead for for about two years. Uh, and it's a lot of work, uh, and uh, you know, understandably, when if you're not writing the songs, there's a lot less. You know, I wrote all the songs for Kikagi, so for the other guys, you know, if you're not writing the songs, there's there's obviously less of a drive to commit that much time and energy to something uh, as I was committing that much time and energy to. I think you know what yeah. I mean. So uh, so it was like a totally amicable thing, but basically. Um, I, the conversation was, you know, I, I don't know if I can commit to this as much as you want me to commit to this. So I don't know if, if we should keep going sort of at this level. And then from there, I just sort of decided that, oh, well, maybe I'll be a solo artist then. And then we can we can play together when we want to. But it, there's not there isn't this pressure or this sort of like unwritten like, um, you know, we got asked to do this gig. So everyone has to be available. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? Because yeah. uh, it's a lot. It's a lot of work and it's a lot of unpaid work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. so um I, I don't. I totally understand uh, why people make that decision and where that comes from. Yeah, yeah. That's so, I mean, it's obviously it's also like my family. Like my brother played the drums, so it's like yeah, yeah. How is it playing with your brother? Everyone's still friends and stuff. Playing with Max was great. Oh, yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, obviously bicker like brothers and stuff, but uh, I think there's certainly something to be said about having grown up on the same music. Okay. There's a, definitely like a, a chemistry and a language that comes with that that is hard to recreate. I think with people that aren't your brother. <laughs> so did you guys both get into music around the same time? Uh, not really. I've been, I mean, I've been into music since I could talk really. Uh, I started my first band in like elementary school in like grade, grade six. Uh, and that band played all through high school. So I've always been into music. Max was always, Max uh, got into drums. I think when he was like 10 or 11, we always used to jam at home, but he was also like into basketball and other stuff. And I'm terrible at sports okay. and all, okay. all other hobbies basically. So I was always, pretty straight on music but it wasn't until we both um, moved home to Winnipeg excuse me in 2015 that we started actually playing together sort of seriously oh, okay you guys lived on the road or uh, no we both uh, I lived in Toronto and he was living in uh, in Guelph we were going to school oh nice, and then we both, nice. I finished school and, and he switched to UW and we both kind of moved moved back to Winnipeg around the same time cool what were you doing for I school? was studying politics studying politics studying politics yeah and is that still something you pursue or is it not you really trying to no not first? not at all yeah uh Paul yeah I mean you know it's it feels like such a silly thing to say that I don't per pursue what I did my degree in but uh I got pretty uh disenchanted by the whole political thing through my degree I guess there's a lot of like networking mixers and and that kind of thing uh that I really didn't identify with in any way. Fair. Uh, and it's sort of in Toronto, sort of, I found myself as I sort of got through the years of school, got spent, ended up spending more and more time with, with the band that I was playing with out there. Uh, so I just, you know, I don't really pursue it. But my other, like my other job is I work as a, I'm a director at a summer camp. Oh, nice. And I love that very much. And uh, my partner and I work out at a summer camp in Kenora. Oh, cool. We, cool. Uh, so it's, it's nice to be able to, um, you know, work with kids and, and maybe it's a bit more of like a service-based job, you know, sort of, 
not that you're helping people, but you're 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 providing a service to people. Yeah, yeah, you a little bit differently than, too, than yeah. yeah than being like a musician. Yeah. So does that give you any time to do any of the summer festival circuit in Manitoba, the real loves and such? Um, this summer, no, not so much. I'm doing a few gigs, but not a whole lot. Uh, but also, I didn't really. You know, Kakagi kind of fell apart, broke up in like December of this year. So I didn't really get my stuff together for the record until March. So by that point, it was kind of too late to apply to most festivals anyway. So I figured it doesn't really affect things. Yeah. And then uh, next year, if I go back to camp and if, you know, the project's still going, then I'll, I'll be a little bit more, um, uh, I guess, intentional with sort of scheduling stuff. Because, you know, there's certain weekends at camp that are more busy than others. So we can sort okay. of schedule around that and take days off to go play at Real Love or whatever. I am very, yeah. very uh, disappointed I'm not going to Real Love this year. Yeah? Is, is that your favorite? Do you have a Oh, favorite? yeah. No, Real Love's by far my I favorite. I know. It's, yeah, so, yeah. it's such a great It's thing. so nice. And uh, I was, I, I helped, uh, I, I was the volunteer coordinator last year, so I helped uh, Gil and Sally a bit. Nice, nice. set up and everything, and, and no, it was a really nice time. Yeah. yeah, yeah they do a really best, good job out there. Yeah. Um, so tell me, I want to know a little bit about Bad Neighbor. Yeah, sure. That's your side project with Sierra Noble? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, uh, Sierra and I, uh, we met at a Manitoba music songwriting camp last year at Falcon Trails. Okay. And uh, and we never actually wrote together at that um, at that retreat, but since we didn't write together, we were like, oh, let's get together once we're back in Winnipeg and do some writing. And we did, and we just kind of hit it off as co-writers and uh, started playing. We kind of started just playing on each other's gigs. Like, Sierra hired me to play guitar for a few of her gigs and sing backup, and I hired her to sing backup. And play fiddle on some of Kakagi gigs, and then that kind of just we just kept sort of writing together and and, and hanging out. And now we're figured we should put a name on it and stop uh, doing each other's solo stuff as much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you jam with like? It sounds like the music community is pretty tight knit. Like, do you get yeah. the chance to jam with a lot of different musicians, whether so, it be in session or just somewhat? Uh, although I'd, I'd say Latin, it's more hanging out than it is playing. It's funny. It's like. Uh, I think with a lot of musicians, it's like, you know, playing is, is work. So it's, it's often just like, let's, you know, talk about music all day, but we don't actually necessarily pull out a guitar that often. Uh, but it depends. I don't know. I mean, that's honestly certainly one thing I miss about having a band about being like a quote unquote solo artist now and not a, not in a band is like, you know, Kikaki had weekly band practice and that was so nice Yeah. to know that, you know, just like you would, uh, go to like a guitar lesson or something you have this sort of weekly ritual of everyone comes over and have a few beers and you know we work on something together for a while and, and even if you don't have a gig coming up you still have practice yeah yeah to keep, keep it tight, nice and tight keep it tight and, and work on new things and experiment and that's hard you know it's it's harder to do that by yourself obviously yeah yeah um and with you know the high, sort of hired gun thing it's like you know you want to pay people for their time oh of course yeah um so you don't have a weekly rehearsal. You have sort of, you know, two rehearsals before the show and the show kind of thing. Oh, so right. that's how it would work with a session. Exactly. You, you just yeah. meet up a couple times yeah, before. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. Um, you know, send out the songs in advance. Everyone learns the songs on their yeah. own time. And then you just get together and kind of arrange it and put it together. Oh, cool. Um, cool. So, so that's, you know, that's a difference that I, I would prefer to have a band to practice with every week and stuff. But at the same time, I reckon, you know... Uh, I also want to be the primary songwriter and the person calling the shots. And that's not necessarily uh, mutually, you know, those are kind of mutually exclusive things, right? Yeah, yeah. So. Who's who's someone you would want to jam with? Who you haven't had the chance to yet? In Winnipeg? Yeah. Oh, everyone. Uh, Do you have like even a top three? Top three to jam. Okay, well, here's the thing. I'm not a very good guitar player. <laughs> I'm playing guitar for a very long time, but I'm really not very good. I never like... 
every guitar player I know that's good had that phase where they just like did nothing but play guitar for like six hours a day every day and like learned like you know every Stevie Ray Vaughan or Jimi Hendrix or whatever lick yeah you know <coughs> excuse me and um, I never did because I was always more interested in writing songs and I have a terrible attention span to sort of sit and and, and, and shed my scales and stuff so I, there are a lot of people I would want to jam with if I was good <laughs> you know I, yeah. I, I, I get very self-conscious playing guitar with with musicians that are much better than me but hmm let's see people that I would want to jam with uh, oh that's such a good question I mean I love uh, everyone in Atlas is super super oh, talented yeah. uh, and they, they do really interesting things with, with their instruments and, and with their songs so I'd love to do that um, I mean there's a lot of people I'd love to co-write with yeah yeah you know uh, I mean, let's anyone, do some of those everyone uh me and uh, me and Roman have talked about getting together and co-writing. We haven't done it yet, so That'd that would be huge. That would be super yeah, cool. Yeah, I, like, one, obviously yeah. he's a genius. Um, I really love uh, Begonia's lyrics. I love the way she puts together songs uh, and sort of the the voice she uses and how like honest and um, vulnerable a lot of her lyrics are, which I, I really really connect with. So I mean that would be an amazing co-write. Uh, I mean I don't know anyone. I love co-writing. Yeah. I like writing songs. Let's make it happen. Yeah, you yeah, know anyway. Yeah. I'm I'm available. This is an Always. open call for Jacob. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come so, write with me. So you you like having control of your own music? Do you yeah. ever reach out to anyone to say like, hey, you know, like let me know what you think about this? Always. Yeah. You're always constantly. For yeah. Um, sometimes sometimes songs are pre- sometimes I'm a little precious with songs. Uh, specifically ones that I think are like a little bit maybe more personal or, or autobiographical. Uh, and sometimes those songs don't even see the light of day. Uh, but you just kind of write them for the sake of writing them and kind of having them. Yeah. Uh, so those I would be less, I guess, uh, interested in getting people to to get their uh, get their feedback on. But no, I mean, it's really important to get feedback from people on songs, I find. And, and uh, even for things as, you know, specific as like... Um, tense like different you know whether you're using the proper tense in the lyrics like past tense future tense kind okay. of thing uh you know the voice like you know is the voice of the song in terms of like the perspective it's written from is it consistent throughout you know because it's really easy when you're writing especially if you're writing autobiographically to just sort of get your feelings out and, and get all these ideas but that doesn't necessarily translate to a coherent story or song or, or message you know what i mean and i and i uh something that i've learned is that you know it's often subconscious but if you're if you're if your tenses aren't all correct in a song or, or if your voice is inconsistent uh people will sort of subconsciously not connect to it oh, as, okay. as well as they could interesting you yeah know? that's something i would have never noticed yeah so it's yeah. like i really do I like about. i like you know I, I try at least to go back and, and really look into get into specifically lyrics um really with like a fine-tooth comb and, and try and make sure you know like even like grammatically that things make sense that you know, a song should, in my opinion, and this is for my genre and the songs that I write, this doesn't, you know, doesn't apply to everyone at all. Um, but for me, it's like, I want to be able to uh, write out the lyrics of a song in a paragraph and you should be able to read it and know and make and it should make sense to you. Yeah. What, you know, not sung, not sort of arranged in stanzas or line by line how it's just sung. By but itself. Just by itself. By itself, like a block of words. Yeah. That should make sense. Yeah. So that's kind of what I, what I shoot for. Uh, and I'm lazy about it, so I mean, someone's probably gonna listen to this and then listen to one of my songs, and be like, "Well, he doesn't even do that in this song," and, and they're probably right. Uh, but <laughs> in a perfect world, that's what I'm working on. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I have to say, everyone I've showed Kakagi to yeah. love. I love Kakagi. Oh, thanks, man. They would always say, "This sounds so much like the Weaker Than." Yeah. Is there inspiration? Oh there? my god! Like, of course. Yeah. yeah. I love. I love. I love the Weaker Than. I love John K. Sampson. Uh, 
I just think he's an incredible lyricist. Uh, and I love the way that his songs are put together. Um, I used to get really kind of like, I guess, self-conscious of sounding too much like them. And I think there is an element of like, I'm trying to like, you know, you want to have your own voice and stuff too. But I'm also just like a nasal singer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Singer, so yeah. like, 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 this is how my voice sounds. So yeah. like, you know, th- and, and my voice and, and his voice are, are similar in some ways. Um, no, I, I mean, it, it sounds like, it sounds like the weaker than's in the most complimentary oh, way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, and I, I love, I, again, I love the weaker, you know, if yeah. I could, that, that was my favorite band. Oh, it was your favorite Very band? much so. Very really? much so. Nice. Oh, yeah. I loved the week. I can still remember, you know, uh, walking home from Grant Park in grade eight and listening to Left and Le- the song Left and Leaving for the first time. Yeah. And that line, uh, uh, I wait in 4-4 time, count yellow highway, yeah. st- highway lines that you're relying on to lead you home. I was just, I remember being like, what? This is the coolest thing. Like, I can't believe someone wrote this. This is so, it's like, unreal. I connect with this. So, you know. Yeah. And I think everyone's got that one band, especially when you're that age, like four, 13, 14, 15, when you're just kind of coming to, coming into your own and you're super insecure and... Uh, you know, the awkward fade and like puberty and all that. It's like yeah. the music that you connect with at that phase of your life, that kind of sticks with you, I think, forever. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know in the I mean? hyper local sense of and, 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 and that was yeah. the thing. And then you have, and then a band that's, yeah, a local band that's yeah. accessible, you know, and like um, that was when they were still touring. So I could, you know, I went and saw them play a bunch of times. And, oh, I wish I could have. Oh, yeah. They know they put yeah. on such a good show. I, I think, I hope one day that they'll do uh, a reunion show. But I mean, John's solo stuff is. Oh, it's great. It's yeah, more yeah. or less, you know, it's yeah. pretty weaker than Z. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I like the weaker than a lot. I welcome the comparison. So would you put John Kay on your list of, uh, of artists you'd want to work with? Oh my God. Yes. I'm actually, I, I have, to, I've been very fortunate in that I, I've taken a songwriting workshop with him at the Winnipeg library with him really? and his wife, Christine. And I did have him edit my work and it was, uh, I'll tell here, I'll tell you a lot. So, uh, there's a song Honest Ed's on the last Kakagi yeah. record. Uh, and there's a line and, and the song, the idea of the song is it's written from the perspective of the store, which it's this big department store in Toronto that they, that they tore down. So okay. it's, it's supposed to be written from the perspective of the store as it sort of like ponders its demise. So it's like, you know, I helped you move into your apartment. Like I did all this stuff for you. And there's a line in the first verse that goes, you know, I brought you forks and knives and now they've begun to rust. But at the time it was, I brought you forks and knives, but now they've begun to rust. And John zeroed in on that one line. It was like. I think the store would be proud of the forks and knives that, that they've sold oh, you yeah. and, and that, and it's your fault that they've rusted. It's not the store's fault. The store did their job. You didn't care for the forks and knives. <laughs> so I really think the line should be, I brought you forks and knives and now they've begun to rust because it's your fault, not the store's yeah. fault. And it, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's the most nitpicky thing, but it totally makes sense and it totally changes um, I think, again, subconsciously, how you sort of take in that verse and, and the perspective of the song. Uh, so I learned, I took a lot from that. And, and look what I was saying before about being really nitpicky with lyrics. Yeah. That was something I, I took from him totally. Interesting. Because he's such a master with, with words, you know. And yeah. And he takes, he takes a really long time to write songs. Because I think, because he, he, I mean, from what he said, at least, that he takes a long time. Because I think he's you know, revising them so often, so... Something to aspire to, for sure. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So was it just Honest Ed that he kind of gave his input on? Or uh, did you have what were the two songs? I mean, there was a group of us. There was a bunch of us in this workshop. Um, and we would basically, we met every week for six weeks. Oh, wow. And we each would bring a song and, t- and sort of bring lyrics for everyone. And then we'd sort of talk about it in the round. And it was really great. What was the, I think the other song I brought to it was... Oh, Sev was was a song I worked on in that, which will be on the new record. Okay. It's a song about 7-Eleven. And then uh, I like songs about 
stores. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then the other one was the song Election Night, which was also on the Alaska Kagi record. With a uh, tie into your politics. There yeah, you go. exactly. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah, there's a little bit of politics together. in that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that degree is going to good use. Going to good use. Good yeah, use. yeah, yeah one song. Use. There we go. Maybe I'll write another one. <laughs> Um, so you, you said you have a busy summer coming up. Yeah. Do you have tour plans? I do. I have tour plans in the fall. Yeah. I can't really talk about them yet, Ooh, but they're, I, I mean, I hope that they're happening as far as I know. I'm yeah. excited about it. Uh, it's going to be a, a, some firsts for me, but, uh, I can't announce it yet. Did you tour with Kakagi at all? Yeah, we toured. We did a couple Western Canada tours and an Eastern Canada tour. Okay. It was great. We had a great time. Um, but it's, it's hard and it's a big time commitment and it's, you know, yeah. it's, uh, we toured in the summer last summer. We toured out east in the summer in like 35 degree heat. And that was a really hard tour. What's your What's your favorite thing about touring and least favorite thing? Um, well, I, I haven't done a ton of touring. But I'd say my favorite thing is just, uh, you know, so I grew up at summer camps. I'm like a, canoe, a big canoe trip guy. That's what I, I um, what I grew up doing. And I, what I love about canoe trips is that you wake up every morning. You do the same thing. You get into this routine and it's just like you wake up, you, get, you know, you make breakfast, you get in your canoe, you paddle for a while. Stop for lunch, paddle for a while longer, get get to your site, set up dinner, set up tents, go to bed, you know? And I love, and I found touring similar to the canoe trips in that you just, you get into this routine and then you can just kind of autopilot the whole day and you sort of, it just gives you time to kind of, like, you know, you're just sitting in a van all day. It's sort of similar to paddling, although paddling is much more enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, you know, but <laughs> it's like you, your, your day kind of gets into this routine and you, it's, it's, it's kind of, I find it relaxing. Nice. To just sort of be able to get into that. And, you know, you don't have to worry about going to work or, you know, checking your calendar for what you're doing that day or anything like that. It's just, it's a very, like, simple lifestyle. And that's nice because you are working, you know? So well, if, you, if it feels like it's not work. In a perfect world, you're working. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're working. Yeah. You're, sorry, you're working. You're not necessarily getting yeah. paid. Um, <laughs> not necessarily. Quote, <laughs> unquote, uh, paying your dues. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, you can't eat exposure. But, uh, um and then I guess my least favorite thing about touring would also be just sit, it's the routine. You're, there's just so much waiting. It's just all waiting. Touring is waiting, right? You're waiting in the car. You're waiting to get to the place. And then you get to the place. You know, usually you roll in at like four or five and you set up your stuff and then you wait another three or four hours to, sh- to play. Yeah. Uh, and then And then you go to someone's house or just crash on their floor or whatever and then get up and do it all again. But it's a lot of waiting. Which translates to a lot of, like, scrolling on your phone. Yeah. You know, which isn't maybe the best thing to do with your mental health. <laughs> yeah. You know? No, yeah, no, I, see, yeah, I see that perspective. Yeah. I've got a question, and I don't know if it's a hot take, but I've seen a couple of local shows yeah. where they have um, a band coming in from out of town. Yeah. Now, let's say that's you on the road, but they have locals opening up. I've seen a couple of shows where I've gone to, and it's packed for the first, you know, two local bands. And then it seems like a lot of people clear out before the out-of-town band comes in. Yeah. Does that happen a lot on the oh, road? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Um, but that's part of it. I mean, you're building an audience, right? Like, you're, yeah. bu- you're, you're, it's it's very hard to do that without touring. Yeah. So, you know, uh, you're, it's just... I mean, it's the same as if I started a band tomorrow in Winnipeg that no one had heard of. The first show would probably be poorly attended and... Go, you work yeah. on it, you know, but the best way to get exposure is to have bands that are already have a following or already have draw, uh, you know, to bring out their crowd and expose their crowd to you. So, I mean, a lot that's a lot of the work for me when I'm booking a tour is, is trying to find bands that, you know, if you're a fan of this band, you should be, a, you know, you would probably be a fan of my band. 
kind of thing. Interesting. So, so that's how you're reaching out and booking yeah. these shows. You're, totally. Are you doing? Are you reaching out to venues or the band specifically? Both. Oh, okay. Both, and it's it's it. You know, venue a venue. If I reach out to a venue, I want to be able to say, you know, I've got this band and this band booked, and they've got a draw of you know 150, and like I, you know, I will make you money tonight. Please let yeah. me play. <laughs> oh, that's a cool you know? process. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's it's a lot of work. Yeah. Um, and there are lots of people that are a lot better than me at it. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the fact that you're doing it, that's... Part of, part of the game, yeah. I guess, right? Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. there's a lot of people that will talk about doing it, but the fact that you're actually out there, you know, making the calls, sending the emails... Working on it, it's yeah. Like, quote, unquote, paying the dues. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, you got to sleep on some floors. Just a least. few. Just a few. Hopefully just a few. Just a few, yeah. I've had a few. The worst floor was uh, Sault Ste. Marie. Can, Sault Marie. Can you tell us about it? Was, yeah, so this is the last Kakagi <laughs> tour. Uh, we were... Uh, and and we the woman we say with her name is Nicole. She's a wonderful, wonderful person. Um, and terrible and, floor. Uh, no, I mean, <laughs> Just it was joking. a fine floor. Yeah. You know, as far as floors go, it was level. Uh, okay. You know? <laughs> that's, all, that's all you can ask for. Um, <laughs> that's all you can ask for. But uh, uh, so we played in this brewery in Sault Ste. Marie. I forget what it was called, but uh, you know we don't have a huge draw in Sault Ste. Marie. Uh, and so yet yeah sure so there was you know maybe like 15 20 people there tops we're playing in this brewery right in front of like I guess the kettles they're called or whatever like the things oh, that yeah. like roast the hops like and the, the barley ones? like these, the big metal yeah kettle, right no. and it's 35 degrees outside okay and we're like hoping you know maybe that at least there's like some air conditioning or whatever but inside it's much much hotter because the brewery is running production so we're literally playing our set and behind us there's this guy like opening this door of fire and sho- <laughs> and shoveling some sort of grain into this fire and then closing it and, and so there's just like steaming piles of like hops everywhere and it was so 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 hot um and uh and you know the deal was you know it's it's like it was like a wednesday night in sous saint marie so we're you know we're getting paid in beer basically so you're drinking which is also not very hydrating and yeah. then so we've played, finished the set whatever the show is good and then uh we go up and then uh, the place we were staying in was upstairs from the brewery and like heat rises. Uh, and we were, you know, just in this in this room where there was just enough room between the two walls for the four of us to kind of lie like sardine cans kind of next to each other to sleep. And that, so that was probably the, the least favorite floor. Yeah. But, but on the plus side, probably a good team bonding exercise. Sure. <laughs> Silver lining. Yeah. In there. Yeah. Team bonding. Yeah. 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 But, so I've got one more question for you before we wrap up. Sure. Uh, that was quick. Walk me through the new record. All right. So the new, yeah, so uh, it's called 16 Years. Why is that? Sorry. Uh, the idea, uh, basically, it's been 16 years since I started playing my first band. Oh, nice. Uh, well, and, happy and anniversary. Thanks. Yeah. And now, I'm, <laughs> and now it's sort of like for the first time I'm, I'm not in a band. I'm like a quote unquote solo artist. It's also the name of a song uh, called 16 Years. Um, but... Um, Basically, it's it's uh, it's five songs. There's sixteen years appears on it twice. So there's like a, a full band, like electric version and an acoustic version. But basically, half the record was written at the very beginning of Kakagi, like th- two or three years ago, when we were just kind of getting going, um, and I was just kind of figuring out how we wanted things to sound or whatever. And then uh, two songs were written, excuse me, as uh, as Kakagi was kind of falling apart. So it's it's kind of nice, in my opinion, a nice little bookend to the whole. To the whole experience. So I think if you liked Kakagi, you will like these songs. And maybe it'll provide some closure. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone needs a little bit a little of closure. Bit of clo- you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. So yeah, there's you know there's a rocker on there. there, there it's more mellow. Um, Sierra sings on one song. 
Um, it's probably my favorite. And uh, yeah, no, it's it's. I think it's a nice sort of little tasting menu of of what's to come. I'm hoping to make a record in the fall, like a full length uh, awesome. full album. So. So when's the EP dropping and when is the show? So the show is on May 5th at the Tallest Poppy. Tickets are on sale now. I will bike them to you directly if you want one because I want you to have a ticket. And, uh, and, and the, it'll, the record will be out on like all streaming platforms and stuff on May 11th, I believe. Can you no, like, May 10th. Can you do Friday. that thing where you like pre-save like it so that you get the notification or something on Spotify and stuff? Yeah, you will be able to do that. Nice. Okay, cool. Very soon. At an unknown date. <laughs> <laughs> All right, nice. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much, Jacob. Oh, uh, thanks for, for having me. Um, we're looking forward to the show. Yeah, I'm and uh, too. Olivia and I always do this awkward thing where we end off the podcast. So I, I got to do it by myself. Sounds good. Actually, can you can you do it with me? An awkward thing? I can, yeah, okay, I probably so, can. Yeah. So we do this thing at the same time. It's called it. Thank you for cutting deep with us on Paper Cut Podcast. Thanks. We say it at the same time. Thank you for cutting deep. Okay, ready. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Thank, Thank you, you for, for cutting, cutting deep, deep with us on, on Paper, Paper Cut, Cut Podcast. Podcast. Thanks. Thanks. That was pretty good.